website. And by the way, your website is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we, we, we work diligently on it, consistently. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, Dr. Steele, Dr. Erica Steele yes. of Holistic Medicine and Naturopath, yes. right? Yes, yes, yes. So, welcome today. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I just want to kind of jump right into it first and ask you, what is this business of holistic and natural path? What, what is that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I hear people say that, and first thing in my mind is like, oh, there must be vegan or vegetarian, and that's all they're going to tell me is quit yes. eating meat. But uh-huh. it's more than that, right? It's so much more than that. And there's actually even a distinction between naturopathy and holistic medicine. There's, those are actually two distinct uh, types of practices where now I am a naturopath, but I'm also a holistic doctor because of all the other training. Um, so naturopathy is more, it's very old. Um, it's actually coming out of uh, Germany. Uh, Dr. Benedict Lust came, brought it to America and it's nature cure. So it's using nature to be able to help support the body's ability to heal. Um, there's six principles. That's one of them. There's also prevention is a really important tool. We also um, recognize the doctor as a teacher. And so we are educators in essence to educate our patients to be proactive in preventative strategies. Um, and then first do no harm. And we take that very, very seriously. And because of that, we're very root cause driven. And so we focus on the root causes, whether that is nutritional, uh, emotional, mental, et cetera. Um, but then also there's physiological reasons to structure, function, that kind of thing. So um, structure of the body, function of the body. Holistic medicine really looks at everything. So it looks at um, your relationships. It looks at your environment. It looks at your spiritual connection. It looks even at ancestral patterns, wounds, transgenerational traumas, etc. So it's more expanded, right? Um, it's still looking at all of the principles of naturopathy, but it's it's a little more robust and a little bit more um, holistic, for lack of a better term. Wow. All right. So having your explanation like that really tells me that this is not, I'm going to use the word, a quack. No. <laughs> you, you know, because sometimes yeah. some people say, what are you talking about? This yes. is not a doctor. What do they do? Get a... Yes. Uh, a, a paper degree online type yes. of deal, but no, yes. this is true yes. medicine. Yeah, and well, so there's a distinction even in medicine, right? So medicine is using a synthetic substance, right? So we're more healthcare driven than medicine driven. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm trained in integrative medicine, so I'm trained to distinguish when a disease process is to the point that needs a pharmacological or surgical intervention, right? I'm not an us against them or even an alternative medicine provider because sometimes people come to me thinking that, you know, I'm going to just replace their blood pressure medication with, you know, a supplement. And that's not really what we do either. So there's a lot of confusion with that too. In terms mm-hmm. of the concept of, of quackery, obviously that's been used for centuries really to discredit people that are not going along kind of this mainstream trend of diagnose and manage. So allopathy 
in Latin means heroic measure, and it's like save the patient at all costs, right? It's really good for urgent situations, acute care situations, and then disease processes that have come to the to the degree, such as cancer, things like that, that need a kind of heroic intervention, right? But there's a lot mm -hmm. of landscape in between that, right? And that's really the, the purpose that we serve is educating our patients to take personal responsibility with their health, right? And so um, over, over time, I love science and I have a very scientific mind. So it's subjective what the patient tells us. We have an opinion, which is our hypothesis. We use an objective analysis, a tool outside of me, outside of you, like a laboratory or some other diagnostic tool to measure. We assess all three and we create a plan and we modulate the plan. And I have, I have also have a master's in public health. And so I actually take over 350 data points on each individual patient. So I'm taking my own individual data and then I'm looking at all the correlations within that data and then modulating a treatment plan based off of priority, right? So meaning if a patient comes in and let's say they're mentally and emotionally stuck, right? It's important as a priority to work on that first before we can even get into diet. Because if they're depressed, if they're sad, if they're disappointed, if they're in grief, what, what have you, whatever the cause is, and for whatever circumstance that's created, we have to shift their mindset to even allow for the action, right? Because thoughts create emotions, emotions create actions, actions create behaviors, behaviors create habits, habits create lifestyles. And so we're really looking at a lot of human behavior when we're dealing in the holistic medicine or naturopathic space. And so I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding, which is why I go on shows like this, to really educate the general public to help them to understand there's a science that we can prove or disprove, right? However, mm -hmm. there is a spirit of the human, right? That we can't prove or disprove, but we can inspire and motivate. And that's what I seek to do in my practice. So a couple of things, or a few things really, because you touched upon a lot just now. And first I will say, everybody out there, stand or be stand corrected. Don't say medicine. And, and because... In my mind, when I said medicine, I wasn't thinking about, like you said, the synthetic drugs and stuff like that yeah. that are created. But a lot of people just, like me, use that term loosely. Yeah. And then going into your practice, like you said, you are, you're assessing things a lot of times by what the person is telling you, which yeah. could mean that it's not exactly what is happening to them because it's their their own perception of oh this is how it is totally. and our pain levels are so different mm -hmm. and then the the last thing too which i think is a great uh, is is a great player in this is your environment yes and how that affects your it seems like it can affect your overall health oh yeah um, indeed can, can you can you yeah, expand upon I would love uh, how? To. Yeah. So, yeah. for instance, so in, and even with subjective data, we track all of that, right? Every appointment, patients fill out questionnaires. So we're and then we get a number and we track it, right? And so it's interesting too how that plays into diet, right? Or excuse me, environment and perception of environment, right? So when we're looking at environment, we're looking at our home right? We're looking mm -hmm. at like and things, practical things like is your home 
junky? Do you have a lot of things you need to throw away? Um, is your home a safe haven? Is it a relaxed environment? Are you transient? Are you moving from place to place all the time, right? How are your relationships in the home? How are you interacting with your family, your, your friends within the home, right? Um, even, even we get into somewhat of feng shui as well, classical feng shui in terms of how the, the colors and movements of different furniture pieces and things like that and the baguas and how that impacts, right? So it's very diverse. And then we look at our environment with our relationships in terms of our um, communication, our boundaries, our self-worth, our self-concept, things like that. And then also we look at our work environment as well. Is this environment serving me, right? Do I feel good? Do I like my boss? Do I not like my boss? Do I like my environment? Do I like what I do for a living? You know, how do I perceive myself in the various environments that I'm in, both physically, mentally, as well as emotionally? Yeah, you know, for me, I can tell you that um, I can tell if I am off balance mm -hmm. by how the interior of my car is. Yes. Which because um, I used to spend a lot of time driving, so that was kind of my second home. But if and it was much smaller, so if all of a sudden that place got messy, yeah, I I knew that I was the off off balance, and then yeah. especially if things got it carried from there into the home. So people really need to take a look at, like you said, their 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 home, their immediate yeah. environment where they're at, because you cleared out that clutter. And like people, um, there's that trend going on a couple years back, the minimalism, the minimalist. Yes. And there's something, I think, to be said about that, where it just allows you to breathe more. Yes. It's definitely a representation of your mental and emotional state, right? Mm -hmm. So I had this thing years ago where, you know, I'd be working in my office and papers would continue to pile up on my desk, right? Which seems innocent enough, right? But it would it would frustrate me to the point where I would go, okay, so I'm going to, once a week, I'm going to pick a day, I'm going to get through all these papers, I'm going to, you know, organize them, et cetera, and then I'd feel good again, right? And then sure enough, the papers would pile back up, you know, and then, okay, now I have to, you know what I'm saying? So I'd go through this cycle again and again and again. And so I went into an observation. So I started to observe myself, right? Like a scientist would, I'm observing, I'm going... Hmm, what, what is it about these papers? Because I mean, and I have all the fancy organization, the color codes, the labels, the label <laughs> makers, all the things, right? But there was a piece of me that needed to have a little bit of chaos running, right? And the papers represented that chaos for me, right? And then mm. I could feel really good and accomplished and I'd have a good self-esteem boost, a little dopamine hit when I'd clear the papers, right? So it would build that tension up just so I have a little bit going on, that epinephrine, norepinephrine running through my system because um, I was a real like zero to 60 kind of person, like, you know, real type A, very driven, very ambitious. And so I would use these little things unconsciously as a means to kind of give myself a pat on the back, right? And when I recognized what I was doing unconsciously, I no longer had paper challenges. That is an aha moment for me. Yes. <laughs> because I did, I, so I was going to ask you what you were talking about. That is, um, what about those people that say, oh, I'm, I, I like, uh, I'm organized uh, chaos, organized chaos. That's yes. how I live. Yes. But what you're saying is so true because I would have those stacks and be, I have mm -hmm. all the organizational tools, 
But I would just have stacks of paper and not, yeah. y- not use these slots and not use the paper codes. Yeah. I started putting labels on things. Yes. But I felt good, like you said, if I took that stack and then I put it away. Yeah. But I, I'd let it build up. So. Yes. Yeah. So there's there's this um, kind of cost versus payoff thing, right? So and we're always weighing this, right? So the payoff we get, right, from building that tension and building that excitement, right, and then mm-hmm. the big relief, the payoff of okay, now I cleared it off, right? That ha- that payoff has to be greater than the cost, right? So the papers being around, eh, maybe, you know, in your mind, right, you, you kind of weigh out that that equation. We go, okay, well, you know, the cost isn't really that, you know, severe, right? So it goes, you know what, I, that payoff is really juicy, and I'm getting more out of it, so I'm just going to keep this going, right? And so when you recognize that within yourself, right, and of course, this, this requires years of self-awareness and perception and conscious awareness and all the things, right? But what I found was, is when I started to get comfortable with slowing down and being fully present, right? Because we're all going a thousand miles a minute all the time, Mm -hmm. right? And our culture, our Western culture supports that, right? And it says, oh, you know, you have to, you, you, you have to, you know, keep going and fast and hard and, you know, nonstop and work, 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 work. Whereas other countries are far more balanced, right? They have time for family. They have time off. You know, they, they don't work as much. We're very driven, capitalistic country, right? So, and, and we kind of have that mindset where we have to work hard because we're coming out of that kind of depression, survival, you know, lack mentality and moving into a state of consciousness where we're recognizing and our new generation is really showing this to us because they're, they're working far less, making far more. And we're, we're frustrated because we're like, wait a second, you're supposed to work hard. You're supposed, you're supposed, you know, how can you sit around and do TikTok videos and make millions of dollars? This just doesn't seem fair. Right. But the reality is, is that number one, I'm grateful that this new generation is getting hip to it because that level of internal stress and, and really it's, it's that self-judgment, right? And the mm-hmm. lack of self-love and self-worth and self-acceptance that's driving that. We're always trying to prove to ourselves how good we are based off of what sort of external um, circumstance that we've created. Instead of recognizing I am good enough, I am accepted because I say so, right? And I value myself and I honor myself and I don't have to kill myself, right? To create the life that I love. And so I think when we start to slow down and be present, now that also requires you to give up the chemicals that run through your body because epinephrine, norepinephrine, cortisol, highly addictive, um, and we get a fix from it, and it becomes familiar, and we almost become addicted to those chemicals. Um, And so we have to learn how to let go of those. Wow. Now I see that because... um... You know your stuff. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, and everything that you're saying is is now becoming an aha m- moment for me, really, uh, especially. And I, I really hope that there is a group of younger people watching and listening to this because what you're saying as far as the self-judgment and the, the lack of self or not self-judgment, but you're really you're judging yourself yeah. about. By what your peers are yes. 
seen or how they're judging you, which yeah. is so bad, I think. Yeah, I, I, I personally think. Yeah. Um, well, it's really a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. So if we don't mm. feel good enough and we don't belong, we're going to perceive that on the outside. So we're going to see, we're going to feel separate. We're going to feel alienated, right? And we're going to look for reasons, right, to justify and rationalize that to ourselves. So we're always looking outside of ourselves to affirm what's going on within self, but we seldom look at self, right? We're almost a victim right. to circumstance, <laughs> you know? And that's that powerless, hopeless, helpless state that we, we also love being in. We love the sorrow. We love the sadness. We love the misery and, you know, the, the, the Sylvia Plath all in black, you know, I'm, I'm very tortured in my existence. You know, um, there's that light and dark, you know? Come join my pity party. Yeah, please. exactly. Please, please, exactly. Call all of my friends and they're going to get, yeah, girl, you know, that really, that's horrible. You know, because we, we create these environments, right, where we have uh, other people affirm back to us what we innately feel about ourselves. And so if we shift our self-concepts to shift our self-awareness, then all we're affirming is we're, we're actually excited to see other people rise to their ultimate power. We're really grateful because we're like, oh man, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. When I see a successful woman, right, I'm like, you know, keep it going. That's amazing. You know, I'm inspired by it. I don't, I don't then automatically look at where I'm lacking or where I'm deficient in. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I do see that, I go, you know, this is a mirror for me to look at and what's within myself that I need to heal so that I can transform it so that I can create that in my reality, you know, as well. So it's a tool. All right, so I'm going to end my um, therapy session <laughs> and, 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 and apologize to you and everyone out there and say that, you know, I got so excited just, first of all, that you're coming on here and then just, wow, just right into it, yeah. that we never asked about you, oh, yes. <laughs> your background. Yes. So who who is Dr. Erica Steele? What, yes. How did you come about be, being such a person? And yes. was it was it your environment where you grew up? Yeah, it was indeed. Um, I'm definitely a human being like everyone else. Um, and so I'm a product of two Marines. Uh, so both my parents were Marines. They, they met and uh, married in the Marine Corps and had a baby and that baby was me. Um, and so, you know, being driven, ambitious, motivated, get it done, adapt and overcome, simplify, hoorah, the whole thing. I, I tell people I was recruited at birth, actually. Um, and, and then, you know, that consciousness, right, um, that, that training that goes into being a Marine um, really didn't fit with who I am as a human, right? Very free-spirited, very free-thinking, you know, evolved. I was very much drawn to that 1960s consciousness, expansion, etc., you know, really deep introspection. So I didn't quite fit. Um, I love my parents. They love me. But man, it was a hard road. So I say <laughs> I say, I, I went AWOL at 16, um, which is when I left my house because, um, and then also too, you know, my mother struggled with mental illness. Um, she had a psychotic break when I was eight years old. My mother also is in medicine. Um, and so that was very, 
uh, emotionally traumatizing for me, especially, you know, running around labs with my mom and going to organic chemistry classes and all these things, right? And then just one day out of nowhere, like, you know, one of your heroes is gone. My father's in education, so a lot of structure in education and, and learning. And, you know, so my, my childhood was was bittersweet, right? There was amazing things, but there was also really sorrowful and painful things that I had to overcome, right? And and that internal knowing, right, that I wanted to use these experiences to help me and then in turn help other people, right? And so um, I, when I left my home, I went to, started going to school, um, I originally became a massage therapist, kept going back to school, um, and now I've acquired six degrees in my field. They're all in the natural healthcare space, ranging from psychology, natural healthcare sciences, naturopathy, as well as public health with a concentration in complementary alternative medicine. Lo- hundreds of certifications in functional medicine, integrative medicine, mind-body medicine, um, clinical hypnotherapy, neurolinguistics. I mean, I'm fascinated with human consciousness. I have a family practice uh, because I really wanted to heal the family dynamic, the family unit. That was really important to me. My parents divorced. They were married for 10 years. um, And and that devastated me in a lot of ways, right? Um, Unconsciously, I wasn't even aware. So healing from abandonment and trauma, et cetera. So I really wanted to make an impact in the family unit and really teach people how to do this thing called family, right? So so teach parents how to be parents, teach, you know, married people how to be married, and then of course the physical aspect of it. So I'm heavily trained in functional medicine and, and laboratory diagnostics. Um, and so a lot of biochemistry, finding root causes, all of that. So there's a lot of overlay to science. There's a lot of um, more transformational psychology, I would say, shadow integration, some of the kind of the buzzwords of today. Um, But I really empower people and motivate people and educate people in my practice. I've been in natural healthcare now over 20 years. um, And uh, I've treated over 30,000 patients since 2009 um, in my practice in Virginia Beach. And I had a real vision of building a fully functioning family practice, but it being 100% natural. Um, Unfortunately, I saw the 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 help and the hurt that pharmacology can do when used or misused um and so i chose to be a drugless um provider and i'm very proud of that um especially in the sea of (laughs) you know uh you know different differing opinions right and so you know, that's, that's a little bit about my story. You know, it's, it's physician heal thyself. So not only do I have all the letters and the dots and all the things, but it's really practical. Like I've, I've healed myself. I I had, um, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress at 14 years old. Um, and I overcame that and I'm on no synthetic anything. I've been able to transform and heal myself, um, through, a lot of different modalities and techniques. So I teach people the shortcuts of how to mm. not only transform themselves, but transform their lives into the lives that they love and not just the lives they mildly tolerate. Hey, thanks for listening. Hang tight and we'll be right back. Wow. Um, pretty fascinating life growing up. Yes. And and you're only 22 years old. I know. Exactly. 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 I know. It's crazy. I know. I'm looking behind you, and your wall is 
it's so clean, but I'm going, all these degrees and everything, where are all the cert certificates, oh, the plaques, I know. the degrees? I'm, well, it's you know? so funny because I have no makeup on. I have just a regular shirt. I took my doggies, you know, to the groomers. Um, I'm actually in my home office and not my, my big office. So, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm super laid back. You know, I'm a Californian at heart. It, it's not about all of the things, right? It's not yeah. all about the letters and the thing. I found too, a lot of doctors are not connected to human beings. They're not connected to human consciousness. They look at people as, as subjects in a lot of ways and they're very dismissive and they gaslight their patients and they don't listen. And, and, and we're trained a certain way, right? So we're trained to look for and identify things, right? And, and, and there's in, incredible training in school that we go through. And then, you know, I, I kind of, I don't know if you remember this, you know, remember when like the little spinny things on the um, on the playground? I don't remember what those were called. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, so they like made you're me on sick. the yeah you're on the thing and it's like spinning around and then all of a sudden it stops, right? And the spinning is school. And then all of a sudden it stops and they push you off and you're like sitting in front of a patient and it's like, okay, don't kill this person. And you're like, oh my god, you know. So 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 that fear and that anxiety and oh my gosh, do I know what I'm doing? You know, that lasted for for me anyway about four years. And I would listen to the patients. And and I would look everything up and I was just so afraid of doing any harm to anybody. Um, but eventually I realized that none of these people actually fit in the books. Like there's no clean cut cases. There's no like smoking guns. People are incredibly complex. And so I pushed my books aside and actually started to relate to people and actually started to listen to people. And even if I didn't understand or if it wasn't like, you know, a clear cut, you know, reason why they were unwell, I began to really drop my ego and begin to learn more about the human being and, and, and the struggles of the human being um, to really help them to be able to transform and heal. So, um. I, I wish I lived closer to the East Coast. <laughs> ah! <laughs> well, I treat patients all over the world. So. Yes. Um, you know, a couple of things uh, that came to mind is a lot of what you're saying is really resonating uh, with me. And it's, there's one thing I used to say, and I still do, to my mom and to many people is when they say something, I, I, use, I always go, don't say that, you're going to jinx me. Or and I always say to my mom, uh, my mind basically my my mind is going to heal my, myself kind of thing because yeah. um, I believe that the brain and the mind is stronger than what you think and yes. uh, I, I don't want people getting on my case about this but oftentimes I say you know probably half of what you're going through is really up here in your head yeah because I do believe that if you keep telling yourself as as, as an example. I hurt, I hurt, I hurt, or I feel sick, I feel sick, I feel mm -hmm. sick. And clinically or whatever, diagnostically, yeah. you're really not. You're healthy, but your brain is telling you and your body is starting to react to what your brain is telling you. Yeah. So that's why I always tell mom, don't tell me that, yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. So is the brain really that powerful? Uh, agreed, I mean, in, yes. In you're, you're, so you have your subconscious mind. You're, they're... they're they're really three parts of your brain, but let's focus on, on the two, right? And we're just talking about consciousness. Consciousness is your awareness, right? 
So you have your subconscious mind, right, which houses your experiences, perceptions of those experiences, beliefs, and core beliefs. These are from the past, right? Um, it's like your, your memory bank, right? And then you have your conscious uh, awareness or conscious mind, which houses your logic, your voice, your reason, your decision-making, right? Um, most of the time it's your prefrontal cortex. So, you know, these two have to agree and connect, right? So if I have a perception, right, from an experience, right, because again, you know, nothing against my parents, but you know, they had a lot of different messaging, right? And so, mm -hmm. and, and, so, and most of which I just made up in my head. You know, if I got a 98 on a test, my dad was like, why didn't you get a hundred? And I made that mean something about myself. I made that mean that I'm not good enough, right? So then holding on to that belief, right? Now I'm looking for, in my conscious mind, I'm looking for logical evidence to prove that belief that I have, right? So when you're applying it to your health, right? So if I have that core belief of I'm not good enough, right? I'm gonna look for evidence, right? And then I'm going to be affirming to myself. I'm not good enough because I'm not well. I'm not good enough because my body's breaking down. I'm not good enough because when I stood up, this hurt. And when I'm not good enough, you know, you're, you're constantly saying these things to yourself unconsciously. We call that a mental diet. And so you're keeping and maintaining a mental diet, right? And so you continue to affirm that to yourself. It has resonance. It has frequency, et cetera. That's, that's scientifically proven. We also look at like the work of Dr. Bruce Lipton, the biology of belief right if you believe something which is a thought and a feeling put together that's a belief right so your thoughts then create your emotions right your emotions create your actions and then your actions are going to lead into your behavior so if I don't feel good enough what am I going to do I'm going to then affirm that to myself I'm going to feel that within myself right I'm not going to feel good I'm going to notice every little thing that's not feeling good within myself and then too I'm not I'm going to feel lethargic so I'm not going to want to eat healthy or work out or drink water or or anything I'm just going to stay stuck and stagnant in the sorrow and the self-pity and the victimization and then I go to the doctor and then they affirm to me right the same thing and now they have a white coat on so they must know right and so or or if I have a rejection wound or an abandonment wound they tell me it's nothing and it's all in my head and they give me an antidepressant and send me on my way right and so then so then I feel even more pity towards myself I feel even more sad to myself right and and still it's that hopeless helpless victimization cycle that we can create uh, within ourselves on every single day so you're right on target right now if I believe what I believe, right, truly, 100%, the people around me are going to affirm that to me, right? So mm -hmm. if, if she says what she says, right, either I will not be triggered, I'll be neutral, I'll just go, you know what, that's my mom, you know, that's who she is, that's how she is, I'm, I'm completely unaffected by it, right, that's what she's going to say, right? Or she'll even say, oh, you know what, you're looking, you're looking better today, you're looking this or you're looking that or whatever and that's how you really know you've made that impact with that subconscious mind to conscious mind awareness i have done something right because <laughs> <laughs> what what i had done years ago is i made a list and i put a mental list and i put all the things that i know to be true about myself yeah. all the things that i know to be false about myself therefore if somebody said something my mental checklist said Ah, that is on the 
the false side. So therefore, it's okay because what you're saying, I know it already. Or yeah. if, if they say something true, I'm, yeah, it's okay. I know that, of course, yes. because it's on my positive side. So yes. um, yeah, I have a, right or wrong, that's how I do it for myself. Exactly. And you don't have to take on someone else's reality. So I had an interesting conversation. A, a doctor uh, contacted me because I'm uh, people are very interested in the holistic medicine space, right? And I'm, I'm an expert in that uh, arena. And so you know, medical doctors tend to call me and, and want to talk to me about it. And um, so, you know, this doctor called me and we were talking on the phone and, and he asked me about insurance, if I accepted insurance. And, and I dropped insurance back in 2012. It, it just didn't make sense for me in the way that I wanted to treat and all the things, right? It's very limited and all the things, right? Mm. And so he says to me, he goes oh, well, you must not make that much money because you don't accept insurance. And I said, you know, that is a limited view and a poverty mindset. And he was a little startled. <laughs> well, well, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> you know? And, and it didn't dawn on him that people would value the work enough to invest in their selves, right? And in, and invest in me supporting them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But I didn't take that personally, right? right? I didn't take that on. I was able to recognize that that's his limited, small, lovingly, I say, view of the world, right? And so that's okay, right? And and if he wants to, you know, book a consult, I'm, I'll be happy to help him transform <laughs> that, right? But however, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, which I did indeed offer, you know, but because I don't have that view of the world, I value myself. I have, I have a healthy self-worth. I think I'm an amazing human being, right? And so I don't have to now debate or defend or argue or use any excessive energy other than just to say, oh, I, I see your poverty mindset. I recognize it. And I did that because it's in a teaching format too, because he is, mm -hmm. he is asking me for, for, uh, you know, insight. So he doesn't realize that, that I'm teaching him through our conversation, right? Because there's a heightened level of awareness that's required. And if I have a limiting view of the world, I'm not going to be able to perceive that, but it's rolling around in his head. And maybe one day <laughs> it'll have an aha moment. Like, wait a second. This yep. telling me about that. <laughs> Man, I, so I'm going to ask something and then I'm going to make a comment. So I'm going to ask you, how is it and when is it that somebody knows that they should see a doctor such as yourself, uh, whether it be in the naturopath or a holistic? And then the other thing is, I would say, I'm going to answer this question myself, <laughs> but I will have you answer too, but... You know, honestly, this sounds like something that everyone should be listening to and going to see an expert such as yourself. Yeah. And I first thing that comes to mind is law enforcement. Yeah. Law okay. enforcement personnel. Yeah. Uh, that. Uh, them. Yes. Um, first responders, first line yeah. folks. Uh, now, now, today, mm -hmm. teachers. Yeah. Um, because you can definitely, what you're saying can help all of those individuals okay. and every single individual out there in the entire world. Yes. So there's that answer. So what is your answer to, uh, when does somebody know that they should come and see uh, a professional such as yourself? Yeah, so, so it's a very diverse uh, answer, I would say. Um, I also work with a lot of military, being in a military town. Um, mm -hmm. 
so you know people oftentimes are drawn to me because they're inspired by something that I've said or they're inspired by things they've seen either with me on television or in a training or wherever right so there's a we'll we'll call it an energy right a motivation an internal nudge an intuition like wait a second right and what I have been communicated right is that you know people are kind of drawn to, to, to my work, right, and drawn to my energy. I'm very different than a lot of, you know, let's say naturopaths or functional medicine doctors or or all the things, even though I have all these. It, it's the way that I put it all together, right? And so I would say, uh, to practically speaking, right, because that was a little more esoteric, but practically speaking, I think if somebody is motivated to shift and not just shift on a physical level or a mental level or an emotional level, but they really want to transform their life. Like, like they're looking at their life and they're going, you know what, this is, this is where I'm at. Uh, this is where I want to go. I'm not there. <laughs> I want to be shown step by step, right? Because I break everything down into bite-sized pieces, right? And I want specific actions. I want it to all be measured because I'm I'm a really smart lab rat and I need to have it proven to me that that this is working, right? Because I'm I'm you know an engineer brain or a logical brain or you know a hyper skeptical brain. So I need to have all this data, right? To be able to prove that this is working, right? Because I do really well with with data people. Um and so I would say somebody that, you know, I, I work with obviously a lot of women. I work with, uh, and it's funny because I'll get, I'll get the, the wife and the mother first, right, mid-range mid age, and then I get the kiddos right and then maybe I'll get a neighbor or so you know somebody else and then the husband like begrudgingly <laughs> you know, or they've seen so much of a shift in their home it's just changed so much from maybe you know super crazy chaotic you know everybody's all over the place to now it's calm and organized and efficient and you know that he's met at the door with slippers and you know uh, you know a robe or whatever I'm just joking you know feminine yeah don't 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 <laughs> Um, but I'm very traditional, and that's it. but but you know so you know they've they've seen such a shift that now they're like where or or I get a lot of men too, especially that you know they've had like you know their family members or somebody close to them that's kind of died tragically and they want to really check with it. I get a lot of people as well who don't trust your traditional um, medical practices. Um, and they still want to be proactive with their health care, but they don't want to be dismissed, gaslighted, or given a whole bunch of medications, and or they've had really bad experiences, and they just don't simply trust the, the allopathic uh, world, but they want to be proactive with their health. So, I mean, I get a gamut of people because I'm in family practice, but those are kind of some of the, the general um, and specific uh, types of people. Well. I'm just going to add to that, too, because when I said that everybody should go see um, a professional such as yourself, I, I will recommend that people do. Um, it's it's good to get an understanding and, and a viewpoint, I think, from a professional upon yourself. And at least, again, to me, 
it sets a baseline for me. And then it get, that allows me to understand a little bit more about myself mm-hmm. rather than like you're kind of alluding to or talking about earlier and me too, that, you know, don't let the perception of others or how you feel, if you feel bad, you project that and then don't let that come back to you because it, it may not be that way yeah. or probably really isn't that way. Yeah. But if it is, you know, Dr. Erica Steele yes. can help you through that. Yeah. And uh, do you do any type or do um, folks in your practice do um, web consultations? Yeah. Like, kind of like this Zoom kind of thing totally. that we're doing, that Skype kind of thing? Yes, we do telehealth. I treat patients all over the United States as well as internationally as well. Um, mm-hmm. So because I travel a lot and stuff like that. Um, we, I also have a lot of online courses that are launching too. If somebody wants, you know, not necessarily to have somebody like me, you know, holding them accountable because that's a part of it. Right. So, you know, I educate, I coach, I hold people highly accountable to themselves. And, and sometimes you don't want that level of confrontation. Sometimes you just want to dip your toe in and, and you want to, you know, just educate yourself in a very relaxed environment. So we do have online courses on a variety of topics. And so they can look on our website. So we we really have, uh, you, you know, created a lot of accessibility, you know, for, uh, care. So it's not just, Oh, you've got to go up to, you know, I put on a lot of YouTube videos. I'm on television. So we post all that content. I'm obviously on shows like this. So I'm really just educating people about the, the, the power that we have, because I think we've been conditioned to surrender our power over to whomever, right? To, mm-hmm. you know, a family member, a doctor, a, uh, a governmental agency, a um, church, whatever, religious leader. It doesn't matter. It's We're giving our power away over to someone outside of ourselves and ignoring our true innate gifts and our abilities to not only heal ourselves physically, but transform our lives. We're not a victims to our experiences. And I'm living proof of that in my own life. And so, and I've seen it time and time and time again. Um, and so, you know, there's just a lot of different options that some has, if what I've said have, has inspired them. It better have. Ah! <laughs> uh, uh, I want to be mindful of your time because you are a professional yes. uh, and you are on the clock, yes. even though it's your practice. Exactly. Um, so, just um, a question and a comment because you have your website is fantastic. Actually, two things. We know that we could Google your name and find you, but where would they go? What is your website? Uh, yeah, so Holistic Family Practice VA is my practice site. DrEricaSteele.com is my media site. Um, so, I, you know, I do, do both. I'm always in the media as well as uh, in my practice um, and, and even legislating in, you know, natural health care in Virginia as well. So um, I'm very easily accessible. I'm on all the socials. So uh, the Instagram, the Facebook, I, I'm, I'm also even uh, getting into the TikTok. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so just just, you know, re- reach out if, if you're inspired and motivated. Reach out. 